What's up, guys? Welcome to the R Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Gage Rozier. And today, I got a solo show, so it was just me talking into the mic. So, sorry, as you tune in, no one else is going to join me today. And I'm going to give a little recap of something really cool I was able to be a part of just last weekend. And it was the SSPC certification hosted by Zach Evanesh. So that is the strength and sports performance coach certification. And again, hosted by coach Zach Evanesh. And he is one of, um, been in the industry a long time, coached a lot of athletes, runs a really cool private facility, a couple of private facilities, and is also a high school strength conditioning coach. And it just kills it. And he's an awesome, awesome coach, gives great advice, great feedback. Um, and just puts out a lot of awesome content. It's definitely a, someone I follow in the industry and learned a lot about. And he hosted a certification. It was down in Columbia, oh, not Columbia, that's where I flew to, Lexington, which is close to Columbia, South Carolina, and at the Sornex headquarters. So Sornex is a equipment company, not only an equipment company, but just a legendary company. In our industry, they're an equipment company, they're an outdoor company, but they just do extraordinary things with their brand their people that run that uh they're in their business with them it was a, a dad and a son who started it and it's just an extraordinary company in general and we were able to go down to their headquarters and attend this certification um and it was really cool and today all i'm going to do in this podcast and like i said on the last one this one might be a shorter one I'll see if I can stick to that. I just want to share literally just some of my notes and maybe give a few thoughts off of those notes. But it was a certification for coaches, right? So a lot of the notes I took are specific to, you know, you know, coach the squat this way or use this cue to fix someone's push-up or something like that. Of course, there's a lot of those type of notes that I won't read those, um, probably a bunch uh, of those. But there's a lot of just like behavior and success and coaching in general and life lessons, life um, tricks and hacks and, and success, not even hacks, that's the wrong word, um, but just life lessons that I took from Zach. He also has some guest coaches there. Uh, Bert Soren, who is the son of Pop Soren, the two founders and uh, owners of Sornex Performance or Sornex Exercise Equipment. And an extraordinary man in himself too. So I was able to, to pick his brain a little bit and learn from him, which was a really cool experience as well. But all right, that's, that's what I did. So let's get into it. Um, again, I'm just going to read some notes. So some might apply to you, but I think it does probably. So number one note I wrote down here is actually, let me get to my first page here. I was not prepared. Dang it. All right, so don't try to be a doctor. So this is for a lot of coaches out there. And again, I, obviously I'm talking in kind of the strength conditioning world, but maybe some of this advice applies to you in whatever your, your business field is or whatever it is. Um, this is probably one of my best, most favorite takeaways from the certification was don't be, try and be a doctor. Don't try to be someone you're not, okay? So I'm a strength conditioning coach. That's what I do. So an example of this is when you're coaching somebody, we're doing this drill where this kid was doing a push-up, and you know, Zach was giving a breakdown. It's like, okay, well, what's wrong with his hips here? And 
asking the coaches to give them feedback. There's about 20 of coaches, 20 of us coaches there. And someone say, well, it's this, it's this. And in my head, I'm even overcomplicating. And I'm thinking, well, he's got interior pelvic tilt, or that's kind of what I was thinking in my head. Or this other guy's like, well, probably this is shut off. So we need to probably do this. And Zach's like, no, maybe you guys might be right, but don't try to be a doctor. You don't have to diagnose anything. That's not our lane. All we know is that doesn't look right. I know what it should like. And I know some tricks or some technique switch switch ups that we can do to help make that look how it's supposed to do. Okay. So as a coach, way too many coaches try to look way too smart and way overcomplicate things and try to diagnose something that they don't know about. It, they could not to say that they're wrong. They could be right. But all we need to do is know that that's not right. I know what it should look like and I know how to fix it. I think he's kind of the Zach demonstrated just the perfect balance of you need to know that that's not right. But as a strength conditioning coach, in my opinion, you don't need to know absolutely every single thing that could be wrong with that and diagnose someone with some type of uh, glute malfunction or something. All you need to know is that didn't look right. What are some things that I can do to fix that? You need to know somewhat of what maybe that, is going on there, but don't get bogged down in the specifics. You definitely don't need to tell your athletes that just fix it, make it look better. And I, I loved, I loved that thought that he had. And he, what he said was, I'll be honest with you guys. I have no clue why that's happening, but I know how to fix it. So I would do this, this, and this, or I would modify this to make it better. We said, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try to BS you and make me sound smart. I have no clue why that's happening. Maybe a hunch here and there. Maybe this is going up. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pull them off the side and do a 10-minute assessment on it to see. Maybe we could do that later. But I'm going to do this right now in the moment to make either that movement better or put him in an exercise that he can do well. I love that note right there. Is don't try to be a doctor. Keep things simple. And it's okay to say, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea, but I have some ideas to fix it. Or maybe I'll go find out. Okay. All right. Does your training feel, uh, feed sports performance or does it interfere with it? And I think this is this could be sports performance, this can be life, whatever. Does your training feed it? So whatever your goals are, whatever you're trying to do, is your training supporting that? Sounds very simple, but, or does it interfere with it? Again, very simple, but is an easy mistake people get into, especially when they don't have a clear end goal or they're just kind of doing stuff to do stuff things start interfering with each other. So if you're trying to be strong, if you're trying to live a strong life, if, talking maybe to like maybe an adult population, is your training helping you do that? Or is your training making you feel too sore? Not, is it not getting you strong enough? Does your training not help you do your job? Do you get winded running across the yard playing baseball with your son? Does your training help that or does it interfere with it? Same thing with uh, athletes. Okay, does your training support what you're trying to do? You're trying to get stronger. You're trying to be the best football player you can be. Does your training help you do that? Or does it interfere with it? Inter and a very common interference is your training just makes you too sore. This is probably the biggest, one of the biggest trends in uh, sports performance and fitness 
is people think that they have to be sore to get something out of their workout. That they aren't sore from it, well, then my muscles didn't work. That was a wasted workout. Totally untrue. A hundred percent. So what you need to be able to do is if you're so sore that you can't go train again the next day, your training's probably interfering with sports performance. It's not helping it, it's interfering with it. Something to think about. And just the idea of the next note, I guess, is cut off before you are done. So <clears throat> another example is another way to say it is, I guess, leave one in the tank. I think you could apply this to a lot of things. I think the number one lead to burnout is you don't cut off before you're done. Leave one or two good reps in the tank, whether it's burnout from your job, burnout from training, what is people go and burn that candle out. And this particular note was in reference to speed training. So if you're training sprinters, coaches listening to this podcast, possibly, if you're training your athletes and you're sprinting them, when do you stop them? When they start slowing down. If it's speed training, they're not supposed to be slow. Okay, same thing with lifting. When do you stop someone from lifting a weight? Well, when their technique gets bad, it doesn't look right anymore, they're done. So knowing when to back off, knowing when to stop a set or to stop that homework assignment or work assignment, whatever it is. So you've got a little extra in the tank, I think is extremely important. And I'm kind of blowing that tip out past just speed training to life and work in general. And if you can, try to cut off before you're actually done. Because what that would do is encourage you and keep you excited to come back the next day and do more. Cut off before you're done. All right, next one I have is, this is probably for coaches, whether you're a strength coach or any type of coach, is you're in charge of someone else's son or daughter. You should coach like it. So if you're a coach who's just, imagine if you have a son or if you don't have a son or daughter, imagine that you did. And if you do, imagine your kids. What do you want your son or daughter, or who do you want your son or daughter to play for? What type of coach? Be that coach. And people love when you get stuff done for them. So if they're asking you to do something, go get it done. Do your job and do it well. And people love that. Even if, example of this, he, he Zach talks about, and I, I, I agree with this, is if you're a strength conditioning coach, you're in the service industry. Like you, whether you're employed by a college or in the private sector or whatever it is, your job is to serve others. And your job is to help people and satisfy those people and create a great experience. And I think coaches a lot of time, again, with ego and trying to sound smart and trying to be the, the guru of everything that knows everything about anything, tries to outsmart people. And I am guilty of this. An example is coaches when they, a parent says, oh, my son needs to get faster. As a coach, I know that little Timmy actually needs to get stronger because little Timmy is in eighth grade and he's got no relative body strength. He can't even do push-ups or pull-ups, but parents worry about them getting faster. At that point, little Timmy I just described in my coaching opinion, he needs to just improve relative strength first, which will help his speed. But parents don't understand that. 
if you're not a parent who knows the ins and outs, the, the physical traits of strength conditioning, the science of it, then don't try to sit there and educate them on it. Give them a master's course on everything you know about strength conditioning. Improve their strength, but hey, do an extra couple sprints for little Timmy because that's what they want and that's what they need. Is that going to hurt them? Hell no, it's not. Little Timmy could do a couple extra sprints. So unless it's absolutely goes against everything you believe in, give the people what they want. If you're a coach, it's your job. All right, the next note I took away is this was in reference to business and it was simple. Things will always change. So the question was, you know, as, as kids change, as industry trends change, how do you know whether to hop on that trend, whether to adjust to it, or whether to stay, hey, this is what we do, people will adjust to us. And the feedback I got from this was things will always change. The world. So you always have to have, I think it was uh, Bert Soren who made the point, you always have to kind of have your ear to the wind or boots on the ground to know the world that you're living in. And you need to be ready if you're a business owner or coach or trainer to be able to adjust within that while also staying true to who you are. So it's a fine balance. So your core values and your mission will always stay the same. But how you execute that should always be changing because the world's changing. And how egotistical does it sound that if the whole world's changing, you're not going to change with it because of you're so special that the world should change to you? No, right? So you need to know what's happening in the world, but also staying true to what you believe in. So establish your core values. This is what I believe in. But you also have to be willing and flexible and adaptable to be able to execute on your mission, execute without compromising your core values and what you believe in, while also adapting to the world and delivering for that. Because then you're not helping anybody. If your goal is to help people, you have to be able to help them in a way that they can feel the impact and appreciate the impact, while also doing it in a way that you want to do it. And it's a very challenging thing. And it's something that honestly, I struggle with a little bit, but I thought that was great advice that they gave is you got to be able to keep your boots on the ground, ear to the wind. I think that's the right phrase, ear to the wind and change with the world while also staying true to what you believe in and what you do, which kind of goes in the next point is you need to know who you are and what you stand for. The question was like, I think the question was what, cause these guys have all been in the strength conditioning industry for years. I think the question was what traits do you see in people who have lasted because coaches come and go, they're in for three or four years, maybe they name for themselves and they whittle away. But there's some coaches who have been in the industry for 20 plus years, 25, 30, 50. What is about them that makes them stick? And the feedback from the panel was, they know who they are and what they stand for. They love to see other people succeed and are extremely curious about how to make them succeed. And it never turns off. And if you're going to be extraordinary, in anything is what they're talking about is you have to be extraordinary in order to have a place at the table. Right? And to be extraordinary, 
with extraordinary people, it tends to never turn off. Okay. And I'll, I'll use my dad as an example of this and I am calling him extraordinary. So if you're listening to this dad, you're welcome is farming never turns off in his brain ever, never turns off or the distillery or whatever project he's worked on. It never turns off. Okay. Same thing with coaching, really great coaches, really great business people that never turns off. And that's honestly what happens in my brain. It, my brain constantly all day is thinking about our strong performance, what I need to do, how can I make it better? What would resonate with people? Or what about this training program? Did I do that right this morning? Could that have been better? What's going on with Jackie? She showed up this morning and was terrible. I don't have any clients named Jackie, but <laughs> so it's always on. It's always trying to get better. It's always evaluating. It's always researching and it never turns off. That's how you last because you know who you are and what you stand for and you're doing something that you really want to do. Those all have to match up. All right, a couple more. What are the things you can do better than anyone else? It's another thing is just to just self-awareness. So I, the question with this was regarding, um, I think building a staff, leadership, surrounding yourself with people. So as a leader, whether of your family, of your business, if you're a team captain, if you're a coach, have some self-awareness. What do you do really well? What do you do? Are you pretty good at? What are you the best in the world at? Or maybe your county, if you don't want to think that ambitious. Or what are you just okay at? And what are you just bad at? Okay, so for the bad ones, and then you can leverage yourself within your company, within your family or whatever, to execute on those things. Or refer out, defer out to someone else to help you on your weak points. And when you say weak points, it's not that you don't try to build those up. It's not that you don't try to get better at those things. But you know your wheelhouse. And I'll give an example on this for me. Is Sorry, I got a text that uh, distracted me for a second. For, for example, for me, what am I pretty good at? I want to stay in the coaching realm here. I'm pretty good at programming. Are there people that are better programming programmers than I am? 100% there are. But I'm pretty good at programming. So whether that's programming for an athlete, programming for an adult, whatever your goals are, fat loss, strength, my wheelhouse in programming is athletic performance. So if you're an athlete, I know how to get you stronger, faster, more durable, better agility to make you better for your sport. That's my wheelhouse. That's what I'm pretty stinking good at. What am I best in the world in quotation marks? Maybe what I think I'm the best at in my job is logistics of training. So knowing how long things take, how workouts flow. Seems like a weird thing to think about, but that is so stinking important, especially in, in a, a time crunch situation where you've got 30 minutes to train people and you got another 30 minutes of people coming in for another 30 minutes right after that. You need to know if you want to deliver a great experience for people that this is going to take 29 minutes. And if it's not taking 29 minutes while you're going, you, you're able to adjust. I am really good at that. Now, what do I suck at as a coach? 
Suck might be a little harsh. <laughs> what are you bad at that I want to get better at? What I'm bad at right now is probably the business side of this is I tend to give too many things away, probably. I feel like Michael Scott right now. I am too nice. <laughs> I work too hard. No, that's not true. I, I'm not very good from a coach standpoint of the business side of coaching yet. And I need to get a lot better at that, 100%. And that's something I'm definitely working on. But I'm also working with people to help me with that, to help me get better at business. That's why I went to this conference is to get better at business, okay? So this is something that, something to think about. What are the things you could do better than anyone, anyone else? Whether that's as a mom or a dad or in your business or as a coach, whatever it is. What do you do pretty good at? And what are you just not at, but not good at, but you should still try to get better at? Something to think about. All right, so this is the last one. I'm gonna wrap it up. Is if you're a leader, what great leaders do is they talked about is they see what other people's superpowers are before those people even see it. And my mentor, Joe Quinlan, was the best at this. He could see things in other people before, things that they couldn't even see themselves. And he did that to me. I'll never forget the day I was sitting in my house in Maryville and he sent me a text. Hey, you're ready. Do you want to lead the volleyball group? You want to start programming for volleyball or I can't remember the team, soccer or somebody. I chose volleyball and I did not think I was ready for that. No way. But he knew I was and he set me up to execute on that. So see what other people's superpowers are before they even do. What is someone really good at? If you got people you're working with or your son or your daughter, I think it's very easy to look at people's faults, but next time look at them like, what are you really good at? And let them know that, Hey, you're really good at this. I don't know if you know that or not, but I think you're a really good public speaker or you're really good under pressure or you're really good at looking at this piece of machinery and knowing how it all works together. Like that's, that's a gift. All right, guys. So that's, those are some notes I took and there's, I got like four other pages of notes, but a lot of those are just little technique things here and there, but I really enjoyed the conference. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got at least something out of it. If you're listening still, I'm sure you probably have, or you could have just shut it off. Uh, but I really appreciate you guys tuning in today. If you like this show, please send it on to someone else or give us a rating or, or give us a comment, shoot me a, an email saying what you took from it. If you ever have any questions about training, please reach out to those as well. And guys, if you're interested in any of our training programs, we have remote training programs. We have on-site athletic performance and um, strength and fitness programs for our adults in Northwest Missouri. Please reach out if you're interested in any of those. All right, guys, until next time, stay strong.